Greetings, folks, and welcome to the 31st edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my office in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I'm Weber, and delighted you took the time to listen to my podcast. This episode is entitled About the First GOP Debate of the 2024 POTUS Race. Today, I'm going to talk about Ron DeSantis, the bogus charges against Trump by Georgia, the noose around Biden's scrawny neck, John Kerry, America's top gas bag, 60 Minutes, and some other material before finishing up with my latest opinion piece. But first, this episode came to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr.'s Insurance who supports programs like mine? You can depend on George Ryan Jr. Insurance, so please go ahead and give George a call at 815 915- 936-0075. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up on their website and save money on insurance at grinsure.com. First, I'd like to ask again for listeners to email me with the one album you would want to be stranded on a desert island with. Like a dummy, I gave you an incorrect email address last week and it slipped through my editing. Please contact me with your choice so we can see what kind of interest we have listening to this podcast. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is tied with Beethoven's sixth pastoral one-to-one. The correct email address is aweber1957 at gmail.com. This week is going to be a doozy for me, sports fans. I start off the week with a dreaded colonoscopy and then participation in the annual Rollison Golf Calcutta at the Kankakee Country Club. This will be my 34th. That's Rollison's, not colonoscopies. I think I've got a pretty good team this year that hopefully will help to bring me my third Rollison trophy. During the recent GOP debate, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis mentioned he would send special forces after the Mexican cartels. He reiterated that pledge in a tweet and then a couple days later saying it's humiliating to see the cartels have that kind of control. They are effectively invading our country and killing our people. I, for one, could not agree with him more and hope Trump is listening. The comrades over at Communist News Network, known by the acronym CNN, turned over rocks until they found someone that didn't like DeSantis' idea. Vanda Brown, director of the Brookings Institute's initiative on non-state armed actors, whatever the hell that is, used her Captain Obvious powers to say that doesn't eliminate the diplomatic controversy and outrage in Mexico that any Mexican government would have. Then she followed that nugget by saying it would have major implications for trade. Not satisfied with just Brown's opinion, CNN then dug up Earl Wayne, a career diplomat, whatever the hell that is, who was a U.S. ambassador to Mexico. He said, U.S. military action in Mexico has been an extremely sensitive issue for years. Hey, Vanda. Hey, Earl. Who cares what they think? They're killing our citizens. Not only would it take care of a major problem here, it would also be doing the Mexican people a big favor too by rooting out those cartels that kill their own people. 
Victor David Hansen, perhaps the smartest guy on television, told Eric Bowling on Newsmax that Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA, knows her case against Trump is weak and won't stand appeals. Her entire intent is just to hamper Trump before the 2024 election. Hansen told Bowling, Willis is a politically driven prosecutor. She thinks that she's going to tie up the candidate she disagrees with. In fact, she's raised money on his prosecution in her efforts to be reelected district attorney. And she's trying to, I guess we would use the word lawfare, but she's not under any pretense that it's not political. The news continues to tighten on Biden's scrawny neck. Fox News interviewed former Ukrainian President Viktor Shokin, the guy then Vice President Joe Biden ignorantly bragged on television he had fired for investigating Verisma, the energy firm. Sun Hunter was being paid for doing nothing. His exact words were, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Joe thought that was funny. Shokin believes the sole reason he was fired was because Hunter and Joe were bribed, although he has not shown any proof. And for the firing, Joe gave the Ukrainians a billion dollars, peanuts to what he's been giving them since. It should be noted Hunter's former partner, Devin Archer, testified in a House Oversight Committee last month that Burisma leaders requested Hunter to have Shokin fired, and he in turn called his old man. Did you hear about the shooting at the White Sox game last Friday night? I kid you not. The violence so abundant on the south side of the city has now spilled in to Major League Baseball. One went to the hospital with a gunshot to her leg, the other just grazed her stomach. No other details are available. Don't know about you, but I wouldn't go to Sox Park on a bet. Speaking of baseball, how about that major league debut by Jordan Wicks of the Chicago Cubs? In his first inning against the Pittsburgh Pirates, he gave up a solo home run to the first batter he faced. Then he gave up a single. Then a walk. From there, he retired the next 15 batters he faced for the win, including nine strikeouts, the best in a debut since 1901. Cubs won 10-6. Repeat after me, John Kerry, you are a pompous gas bag. Say it a couple of times and let it roll around on your tongue. It feels good to say it, and it is so true. Biden's climate czar was in Scotland emitting his own hot air in a speech recently when he chastised all of humanity for those not on board with the climate agenda, his climate agenda. This is the asshat that flies all over the world on his wife's private jet, has multiple mansions and yachts, travels in limos, and looks down at his nose at the rest of us. Kennedy states that climate change deniers are like cult members who lash out at the truth tellers. Further, they refuse to accept indisputable evidence of man-made climate change. He said this all the while banging on his podium. If he's so damn concerned about it, why isn't he backing off his ginormous carbon footprint? You know, like leading by example, you pompous gas bag. 
Folks, Mother Earth very well may be warming up. I don't doubt that. But we're not doing it, and there's nothing we can do to change it. The Earth was going through warming and freezing periods millions of years before we ever got here. Every energy ploy the Democrats have tried was full of kickbacks and failed policy, costing taxpayers billions. Kerry's warnings are good for business for the Democrat Party and should never be taken seriously. He needs to go back to his sailing boats on Martha's Vineyard and shut up about what the rest of us should do. Today I see that pompous bastard driving a Prius is the day I'll start worrying. You know, I often write scathing commentaries against CBS's program, 60 Minutes. What was once an award-winning program exposing corruption around the world turned into a liberal rag worth watching only if you want to gauge how much they can stretch truth. They haven't had a trustworthy reporter since Laura Logan in 2019. It's hard to believe anything Sharon Alfonsi or Bill Whitaker have to say as they are so arrogantly prone to outright deceit. Leslie Stahl, a woman I really want to like, just can't help herself from her contempt for Donald Trump. Anderson Cooper seems like a nice guy, but usually has an agenda and absolutely nothing in common from this kid growing up in Chevance, Illinois. By now you're asking yourself, if you don't like them so much, why do you continue to watch and waste time telling us about it? The first reason is out of habit. Some bad indulgences, like potato chips, you just can't help yourself. I really enjoyed Mike Wallace and Andy Rooney episodes back in the day. A secondary reason was for breaks between football games or resting after another round of horrible golf. But then they come up with a nugget that just knocks your socks off. They recently aired a program of an Anderson Cooper interview of a photographer by the name of James Natchway. Natchway is a war photographer, and his photography is memorizing for telling the story of man's inhumanity to man. You come away with a profound sense of wonder of how people can be so cruel to one another. Natchway, first overseas assignment, was to cover the war in Northern Ireland and its effect on the civilians of the area. He's covered wars in South Africa, Latin America, the Middle East, Russia, and Eastern Europe, famine in Sudan, protests in Thailand, the homeless in America, as well as the natural disasters all over the globe. He was just two blocks away from the World Trade Center on 9-11 when the terrorist bastards from Al-Qaeda knocked them down. Type Natchway's name in Google and click on the category images to find a sampling of his photos. They are not art nor pretty. They are mostly gritty and hauntingly black and white photos, often centering on the eyes and hands of people. Many of the subjects are dead, having died horribly. Looking at Natchway's photos, a career that's left him depressed, one can only hope there is a special place in hell for the politicians, terrorists, and military-industrial complexes that wreak this kind of havoc on innocent people. You might want to check out his photos on the internet. And Bernie Madsen, guitarist from David Coverdale's band Whitesnake, is the latest rocker to pass away. He was the co-writer of the number one hit in 1987, Here I Go Again. Marsden was 72. Speaking of guitarists, a shout-out to Carlos Santana, one of my favorite rockers, for coming out against the ridiculousness of the transgender controversies. 
He stated at a recent concert in New Jersey, a man is a man and a woman is a woman, which should have been as obvious as a nose on a face. The Dennis PR department apologized for his remarks, and then he decided to delete the apology on the Facebook account. At the same time, rocker Alice Cooper faced backlash for questioning the rush to perform trans surgeries on kids, labeling it a fad. For that, Vampire Cosmetics, makers of Halloween makeup, dropped him from their advertising. A Fox headline on the internet blared Alabama to be the first state to execute prisoners using pure nitrogen, setting up a debate on death penalty methods. I almost ignored the headline, as any mention of an execution automatically sets off a raucous debate. In this particular instance, Alabama is considering pure nitrogen to execute Kenneth Smith, who was convicted of a murder-for-hire killing in 1985. It's taken 35 years to get around to executing the man, which seems to be a tragedy of justice in itself. But then I looked up some execution statistics and became surprised with what I found. Just in 2023, the U.S. has executed 17 people, 10 white, 6 black, and 1 Hispanic. Seven more are scheduled to be executed this year. There were 18 total executions last year. The average amount of time those 17 individuals spent between the time they committed their crime and when they were executed was 26 years. Dwayne Owens spent the most time on death row at 39 years and Gary Green the least at 13. All the executions done with lethal injection came in just five states, Alabama, Florida, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas, although Ohio is scheduled to pick it up again in 2025. You know, folks, execution is an odd conundrum. My head tells me it's the right thing to do, but my heart sometimes disagrees, seemingly the older I get. I don't have any answer to that one, folks. I do think this is hilarious, though. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass lashed out at Texas Governor Greg Abbott last Saturday when a ninth busload of illegal immigrants were shipped from Texas to Los Angeles. She was quoted as saying, L.A. has not extended an invitation asking for people to come. This is a political act. No shit, Mayor. That's exactly what it is. A political act by a bunch of liberals in Washington, D.C. against the state of Texas and Governor Abbott is sharing in the problem. Do you think Abbott and the people of Texas invited all those people to attack the border? Anyway, after she voiced her displeasure, Abbott sent her another busload. Keep in mind, the Los Angeles City Council, in their infinite liberal wisdom, voted last June to make the city a sanctuary city for immigrants. To date, Texas has bust over 30,000 illegal immigrants to Democrat cities. Did you see that mugshot of Donald Trump from Fulton County? Pretty awesome, whether you're a Trump fan or not. Anyway, the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum, who knew there was such a thing, announced they were going to make a bobblehead of the mugshot, and you can now pre-order it for 30 bucks. By the way, between the time the mugshot was taken on Thursday and the following Saturday night, Trump raised $7.1 million in campaign funds. Keep arresting him, Democrats. It's good for his chances of being president again. Then he can pardon himself and watch liberal heads explode. 
Last week, a federal jury in Chicago convicted former chief of staff to Michael Madigan, Tim Mapes, of lying to a grand jury to protect his boss. He was convicted on one count of perjury and one count for attempted obstruction of justice. He could be sentenced up to 25 years for the combined crimes, although I'm willing to bet just about anyone who wants to bet he gets no more than a minor sentence at a white-collar prison country club. It is, after all, Chicago politics where everybody has something on each other. Well, evidently, they might just get around to trying Madigan next year for his many corruption charges. 81-year-old former Speaker of the Illinois House is probably solely responsible for making Illinois last in every statistical category that counts and the laughingstock of this country. After resigning his office in 2021, he was indicted in 2022 on racketeering and bribery. He has been so crooked for so long, they will have to screw that bastard in the ground when he dies. He was the poster boy for everything that is wrong with Illinois politics. For what he allegedly stole from the people of Illinois and the way he crushed all opposition in this state, he should do time in a federal lockup in an 8 by 10 cell with someone named Bubba. Just my opinion, folks. A reasonable case can be made that Babe Ruth might have been the greatest player to ever played Major League Baseball. He started out as a pitcher, but he was soon switched over to right field where he became the Sultan of SWAT. Today in Major League Baseball, arguably the best player is from Japan, Shoei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels. An interesting stat was sent to me the other day from a buddy. In the Babe's first 674 games, he smacked 159 home runs. In his first 674 games, Otani walked 160 home runs. But wait, there's more. In his first 455 innings, Babe Ruth had 35 wins and only 18 losses, whereas Oshitani's first 455 innings resulted in 35 wins and 19 losses. The similarity is almost eerie. Finally, I want to wish happy 85th birthday to my mama, Dolores Weber, still living in Chimance, Illinois. And this podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chero at Core Street Ford, now in their 40th year service in the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbonnais and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups, which is what I drive. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.corestreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. And now for my latest commentary. I watched the GOP primary debate from my living room last Wednesday, having not been contacted by Fox for tickets. In between listening to combatants talk over each other, I was texting my cousin, who is also a politically conservative animal. I was literally thinking how I wish they'd turn off the microphones on Nikki Haley and Chris Christie when I got a text from my cousin. Nikki's husband probably deployed again so he could get away from her. This was followed by an expletive of Mr. Christie. We laughed at our crude humor, both being from Chavance and all. 
The fact is, both are only in it to thwart Trump. Not a good reason to want to be president. Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson didn't have much to offer either. I hope all four drop out soon to allow more breathing room for legitimate contenders. Of note, the fashion for the evening, including the moderator, was a blue suit and red tie. Now you have to wonder where we've seen that look before. I must have misunderstood something Haley said of value, as if one reads mainstream reporting, she ran away with the night. Bull. This is because she stated her willingness to bend on the abortion issue, which liberal media loves. This also explains why one should never get information from mainstream media. They always have an agenda 180 degrees from conservative thought. Or could have been just that uh, Haley was speaking in South Carolinian and I was listening to Illinois. Who knows? Former Vice President Pence got the most speaking time at 12 and a half minutes, seemingly talking over people. Somewhere in the last two plus years, Pence has found a spine and evidently intends to be more aggressive. He took cheap pot shots, belaying his Christian beliefs that he touts. The new spine on Pence looks forced. In sharp contrast, to my opinion, one mainstream writer gushed how Pence looked like he'd grown up in the room. Bull. The moderators tried to box Ron DeSantis in by asking if Pence was right to reject Trump's pressure to overturn the 2020 election. Pence curiously took this as a badge of honor, regardless of what some scholars stated. Pence said, American people deserve to know whether everyone on this stage agrees I kept my oath to the Constitution that day. Given what we know has transpired with the most corrupt and ineffective president in history with Biden, perhaps Pence ought to remain quiet about that situation for the time being. I sure as hell didn't find it impressive. Tim Scott, also from South Carolina, is every bit a gentleman, and he's impressive, but he didn't get a lot of time. I don't think he can win in this term and might be of more value, latching on to the ultimate winner as vice presidential material ahead of the 2028 campaign. My favorite candidate, not named Donald, started off the shebang with the best statement of the night. Our country is in decline. The decline is not inevitable. It's a choice. We need to send Joe Biden back to the basement and reverse American decline. Finishing his remarks, DeSantis said, We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car, or a new home, while Hunter Biden can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on lousy paintings. That is wrong. DeSantis' statement summed up the task before the next president not named Joe. Had I been DeSantis, after that statement, I would have been tempted to wait and walk off so as not to be included with the other rabble. One mainstream writer said DeSantis didn't stand out, whereas I found his ability to not talk over others commendable. Predictably, there were cheap shots hurled at the young Vivek Ramaswamy by old guard Republicans, Pence and Christie, showing fear of their superior intellect that Ramaswamy has over them. Ramsawami swatted away their petty shots, which allowed for more speaking time. Score one for Vivek. Impressively, Vivek was also the only candidate to raise his hand, stating he does not believe in more aid to Ukraine or the current climate change policies. He stated, 
more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. He also reminded everyone he's the only guy in the stage not bought and paid for. Hard to argue with that logic on those issues. Asa Hutchinson, the next guy to drop out of the primary, made an ass of himself, stating he could not commit to supporting Trump. This means Hutchinson, in addition to being just another anti-Trump politician, lied to get on the stage. They were all to sign that pledge if they wanted to participate in the debate. If nothing else, the rancor is embarrassing for the GOP party. Although missed, Trump was right for not participating in the event. It was also apparent the crowd backed Trump. Haley made a comment that perhaps she didn't realize what she was saying. Trump is the most disliked politician in America. Bingo, Ms. Haley, and that's what America likes about him. He's no damn politician. You guys just don't get that. That's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com or you can send me an email at aweber1957 at gmail.com. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.